1: Good
2: evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition, well, actually a special edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, the International Edition. Does that even make sense? I don't know. I am Roy Cole, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, and all the way from tomorrow, I guess it's tomorrow, is the founder of Parascience, and who... Is referred to by the Wall Street Journal the gold standard in gold ghost hunting, Mister Stephen Parsons.
1: Good afternoon. Thank you very much for having me on the show.
2: It's not afternoon. Don't be no, lying.
1: That. It's, I'm... it's one minute and thirty-five seconds past yesterday. Past
2: yesterday, Past tomorrow.
1: In your case, it isn't tomorrow. It's today. No, it's You're, tomorrow. I'm you, in your future. you got chest up, dude. No, I haven't. I'm living here. I know exactly what time it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
2: what you always say. So, uh, anyways, thanks for uh, <laughs> staying up. And it seems like I just spoke to you yesterday.
1: Uh, that was the day before. Oh,
2: thank God. Anyways, uh, we thought we'd do a div- little different uh, show tonight uh, because Anne is not around. So when you know the women's away, the boys can play, and uh, you know, <laughs> get the root div- beer out. Yeah, <laughs> I wish it was more the rupee, my friend. But, anyways, uh, a lot of people have asked us about how we investigate.
3: And
1: how we <laughs> investigate. <laughs> what are you <clears throat> laughing at? Sorry, it's just somebody uses a very similar line on. Um, yeah. uh, as an investigator, I often get asked. Just really? Yeah. Uh,
2: Who uses that line?
1: Um, somebody I, I know. Friend. A, few, a mutual friend of ours who lives near Chicago.
2: Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> which, is, which is, you know, uh, you know. I mean, anytime we have an investigator on the show, I always ask that question: how they investigate? Because I, you know, I'm curious. Uh, they may do something that's, you know, much better than us. Probably not, but they okay. might.
1: <laughs> so this is the plagiarism edition, then? Yeah, pretty much.
2: So also joining us, and, and he's been so quiet and I can't believe it, is uh, a member of the New England Ghost Project who I've known for a long time. And he is a stellar, stellar paranormal investigator uh, and is also my tech manager, if there's such a thing, uh, Mr. Clay Rocker.
3: Hey, at least you got my name right, Ron. I should that, I think that's the first time in, what, 12 years? Is it, has it been that, that long, uh, Clay? Yes, it has actually been. So, I mean,
1: that's one of the... Like, be grateful he of, isn't calling you Martha. Oh, what's that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just be grateful, Clay, he isn't calling you Martha. We had, a, <laughs> we had, an, we had an incident with uh, the name it's Martha.
3: Incident. Well, Steve, I got to tell you, he has called me Martha, along a plethora I, I of other was, names. Yeah. Some of them are not very know, flattering. When, Whenever
1: we book guests for Ghost Chronicles International, I always have to warn the uh, the guest that don't be please don't be offended if uh, the host gets your name wrong.
3: But we oh, just thanks. call it Ron Onyx. <laughs> 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 Why not? I, anyway, I like on. this edition of the show, Ron. Can we do this more often?
2: <laughs> this may be a bad idea now that I'm thinking about it.:
1: <laughs> Okay, Martha, back to you.
2: anyway uh. So, Clay, it has been 12 years, and, and how did you get involved with me? Because a lot of people, you know, they, they always say, well, you know, is there something, can I join the group? Can I, you know, I'll carry your equipment, I'll, you know, polish your boots, whatever. Uh, how did you get into that? You for, for, you've, you've forgotten.
1: You've forgotten. You're the team leader. You've forgotten. This is, I, I don't, Steve, this I is don't normal. deal with the little
3: details. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just remind me who you are again, Clay. <laughs> I, I'm Martha today, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I no, really, well,
2: in, in, in all honesty, I, I really don't remember how Clay came into the group. Uh, so
3: so um, actually, I came into the group through my lovely bride, Janet. Um, she had responded to an ad that you had placed for a researcher. And uh, we had just moved up here to New Hampshire. And uh, she responded because it sounded interesting, and she was always interested in the paranormal. And so I tagged along to a few of the investigations. uh, And you and I met, and we started. I said, well, why are you using, I believe it's called the ghetto cam, if you remember. (coughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Steve, it really was a ghetto cam. It still is. I think it was was. I What's still that? have it. Yeah, I actually it still works. That's the ironic part. It, maybe there's it something to be said for simpler electronic. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and uh, so I said, hey, you know, why don't we do this and why don't we do that? And I put together an equipment list and we started looking at different options. And and uh, you know, we were at uh, I believe it was the Houghton Mansion in North Adams. And you said, hey, would you like to join the team? <laughs> you know, as, now, a, as a as a Now I he was buying this equipment. That's why I remember now. <laughs> I'd like to think it was more than that. Oh, oh yeah, it was. No, it was no, Clay, Clay
1: don't, don't fool yourself for a minute. We both know Ron. Don't fool yourself for a minute.
3: I, I know, Steve, but, you know, I, it, sometimes it's the truth that hurts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully I've proven some value over the last 12 years other than just buying that first set of equipment.
2: Yeah, which we still have. It might be very obsolete, but...
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I believe I just bought two new cameras recently. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, well,
2: we got to talk about those. <laughs> 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 Results are not really great on them.
3: Really? Jim said really. they're working fairly
2: well. <laughs> uh, but that's another story for another time. So, Steve, I mean, you... You know, I mean i I've heard your story about how you were interested but the the actual founding of ParaScience and, and getting the equipment and everything. How how did
1: that all come about? well the equipment pre existed Parascience in Oh Maine. it did? Uh yeah. Um you by your and I, own equipment? Of course. Anna oh. and I we didn't need to we didn't need to go cap in hand to somebody who had more dollars than we did. Oh well <laughs> <laughs> and then I had been in a, an earlier paranormal group. That's where we met. It was a group called Wirral. Oh God, what was it called? Wirral Paranormal Investigators, if I recall rightly. Really? And When I when I when I joined, um, I brought along with me some recording stuff and cameras because there was a bit. A bit geeky, a bit gadgety. And um, and also liked uh, equipment, liked to use equipment, liked to use the science. So we had a mini disc recorder and a digital camera. And this was <laughs> way, way back. I mean, this digital camera was high spec. It had 0.8 of a megapixel. And yeah. it took eight photographs onto so a it, floppy it disc. Was,
2: it must have got a lot of orbs. That's all I
1: Hey, understand. hey, hey. It was a thousand pound camera. Yeah, Sony. I got
3: a lot of orbs.
1: <laughs> no, Clay will know it. The Sony Mavica, you see. Oh
3: it? yes, yeah. the Sony Mavica. Absolutely, that was a high-end camera at the time. It
1: was when it came out. The guy that sold it to us said, "The um, he said the only two people that buy this are nature. what was it? Nature watches and estate agents. Doggers and estate agents. So that was the one. Yeah. Which he, <laughs> yeah. So um, so Anne and I joined the joined this group. We had the tech and. Um, the problem with the tech was it kept catching things happening during investigations, and these things were not Should paranormal. Have been well, the, the team, the, the group leader, was claiming that they were paranormal, uh-huh. and uh, unfortunately, we could show otherwise. So we got thrown
2: out. So they charged so you out of the group? Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, we got thrown out on our ear, leave. Um, so we left, and Parascience was born. Ah! I mean, you know,
2: parascience is, is a very distinguished group. It's, it's, it's known throughout the U.K. And, and some parts of the civilized world. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, so I give you kudos for that. You, you, you've turned it into a, a well-respected
1: group. Well, thank you. I, we hope we have because um, we're certainly not a group that we are the world's worst group for selling ourselves. That's for sure. Um, you know, yeah, but advertising I've been I'm working on it. Our advertising and our self-promotion has always been really bum. Um, but where we have been fortunate is that our results have been recognised as what we always set out to do, which was to, to deliver quality investigations, and people have recognised that and acknowledged that. So, um, but we could, we could have done with damn the years. You know, thinking back, Anne and I have often kicked ourselves you know, for our lack of self-promotion.
3: See, but you know what, the- I think, Steve, you know, I think it gives you a better credibility um, because you're really into the true science of it. And, and yeah, there's it so many fun. there's so many flamboyant people in this industry, uh, you yeah. know, and in these fields that, you know, I, I think it's the quiet ones are the ones that I always pay attention to, you know.
2: Yeah, but see, I mean, I mean. You had a pretty simple when you did an investigation, uh, Steve. You you know what your goals were, and and where the NEGP is, you know we were pretty much both. We we walked that thin line. We 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 did the investigating, but we also did the the events. I mean, what, one of the you never know what types of events too. I mean, one of the the biggest things I ever threw clay into was doing uh, a, a three continent three team uh, <laughs> live broadcast i mean we had haunted australia from australia we had haunted devon from the uk and and, and we were all three different locations and and uh you know i, I just threw that at, at clay and and he you
3: know he handled it very well and and you know that's that's, of course, yeah. of course, Steve. What he's not telling you is I had to be highly sedated when it was over. <laughs> no, you get that? To be highly sedated. Yeah, after I was. Many I was, Investigations.
1: Around. I was hearing that and just thinking how grateful I am not to have been your tech manager and how grateful you were not to, for me not to have been your tech manager because the answer to me would be that's not happening. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, I, I'm very blessed because also on the team we have Jim Stonier, who is another yeah. uh, co-electrical engineer, and uh, so between the two of us, we can usually figure things out, um, you know, so, but that was, I have to say, from a tech standpoint, that was probably the most challenging thing technologically that any GP has ever done.
1: Wow. We, we, I've always said that we were blessed because we formed such a long time ago um, that we did it without the internet and without the pressure of the internet and Facebook and all the rest of the social media. So our only re- relationship and output, uh, was, uh, with the peer review, with the clients, uh, reports that we produced, we didn't have any pressure to yeah. get stuff online the next day. So we could take, and it did take in some, some instances several years to work our way through a case and we could get through and be thorough. We didn't need to say something to everybody. And that's kind of where the problem took about the lack of uh, self-promotion. We, we developed without any need to promote. And, of course, later on, there became a need to promote. But, of course, we, lacked the, we completely lacked the skills. But uh, and the other benefit to us, of course, is all of our mistakes were never put on YouTube.
3: <laughs> but do you, do you feel that that the, the influence of social media has changed the way you do your investigations uh,
1: not, no? the way, not the way we 've done our investigations it 's had an effect on on the, uh, our ability to investigate for sure because uh, we 're in a competitive field now a competitive marketplace. Uh, we're, we're, we're essentially vying against other teams. And in a lot of cases, people haven't heard of parascience simply because we don't have a vast social media output like a lot of people do. And, yeah. you know, in this modern social media driven, celebrity driven world, the more noise you make, the more people sit up and take notice of you. And, you know, we do have investigators who are described as leading lights on both sides of the Atlantic, simply because people believe that they're good because they have a vast output um, on their YouTube channels and on their social media channels. But what social media has done, I wrote a paper about this, uh, presented it last year, is There is something unique has happened to paranormal investigation uh, over the last 15, 20 years in terms of its popularity. There have been peaks in paranormal interest previously. There was one in the late 19th century. There was others after the First and Second World War. And then towards uh, the 80s and um, 90s with the X-Files and Arthur C. Clarke's program. But they all went away. The people who joined in moved on to other things, the next thing along. But in the case of um, this current peak, and it's still showing no signs of going into decline, the the television programs that lit the fuse, most haunted here in the UK, ghost uh, hunters in, in America, they've, they tend to have gone now, but the peak, the wave didn't decrease after, they'd, uh, after the programs had ceased because social media has taken over. And it's taken over with such a force. The groups are now sort of feeding upon themselves, and it's become a... They thrive on each other's information. They vie with each other. They supply with each other with new ideas, new, new ideas for equipment. They, they demonstrate new ideas and experiments and equipment, and others take that challenge forward and develop their own. Um, and so it's, it, it's, it's a huge... Media frenzy, social media frenzy, um, and I would have, you know, said it would have died off two or three years after the the, the main TV programs finished, but not one little bit of it. It's still on the up.
3: Well, do you think that that you know once you know, and I remember most haunted, and and uh, I've met some uh, some of, uh, of of the participants in that um, you I know think over Steve the years. But do you think that, you know, the reason why the peak has not died down is obviously social media, but more people are like, hey, I I can do that, right? And Hey, that's interesting, so I'm going to go out and become an amateur ghost hunt, and I'm going to put on social media. Is that what you're talking about when you're talking about the feeding frenzy? I think there's probably more people investigating today than there have ever been.
1: Oh, definitely, and it, it's become a sociological phenomena. And what you've got now is, um, if we go back to the sixties, seventies, before that, it used to be the big thing for people was was a movie night. Uh, so they'd all go off to the to the cinema, and the movies, uh, box of popcorn, and have a scary movie. Remember movies like The Exorcist and The Omen, The Entity, and it, you know. They loved to have the bejesus scared out of them. Now you can do it for real. You can be part of your own interactive, scary movie. Ghosts have always been popular, they've been a popular genre since way before the Victorian Gothic. But people used to, they would read about it and they would uh, watch movies about it. They didn't realize that they themselves could become part of it until the television programs and this is what lit the fuse they saw who were uh, people who were really ordinary people like themselves there were plumbers Plumbers. there were there were makeup ladies there were all manner of normal individuals who who suddenly were out there ghost hunting and people said you know if they can do it we can do it 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 isn't really a difficult uh, thing to do
2: well, wait a minute. i got a breaking news here. Uh, Nathan from the chat room just said that Jason posted that
1: Ghost Hunters is inside in August. That's right. Well, no. They, it, all it says, Jason, had put, well, it might Wait a minute, unless,
2: wait a minute. Wait. Nate, 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 um, knows, don't worry oh,
1: about it. Okay, He's
2: cause, our inside guy. So Because
1: oh, okay. there was a feed that came up earlier today that Jason had put out a statement um, that said that Taps Ghost Hunters were ending their relationship with Sci-Fi but were coming up with something new. Uh-huh. Which is why I read about an hour and a half ago.
2: Yeah. Stay tuned. Anyways, back we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you we know, get
1: I mean, the there... international edition of the um, press release.
2: Yeah. Well, you don't have to because we have well, the inside track. Yeah. We have the inside track, which is the most important thing. Okay. Uh, anyways, the uh, as far as paranormal investigating, it's certainly changed over the years. It's changed when I first started doing it. And and you know that yourself, Steve, is when you first came over here to visit a couple of years ago. And I left you two magazines, one when, when I was in Women's World and, and one from uh, Merrimack Valley Edition. And you can see just from the article how... The way we looked at uh, paranormal investigation had changed in, in those two articles. Would you agree?
1: Oh, and yours, I'm sure yours
2: has changed the same
1: as well. Oh, definitely. I mean, you go onto the Paris Lines website, which um, we, 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 we don't bury the past, but there isn't much of it to show because we didn't do it in a social media context. Uh-huh. But there are newspaper reports and clippings, and some of the investigation reports that are online uh, will clearly show you that we have evolved. And we, you know, we're not going to take them off because we... Like you, like everybody else in this field, make discoveries of our own. We, we, you know, we we come up with an idea, we test it, and we realize that it was a wrong idea, but it was it was a valid experiment. Mm-hmm. The problem is, some groups don't seem to evolve.
2: Well, no, I, I, I think, you know, and I think Clay well, will they probably do, ag- oh, agree with they, that they, it's, they, it's they, that they okay. follow they follow the, the pattern of the TV show, uh, well, and, and, not that, and a lot of in a lot of cases, that's what they want to become themselves. They gear their whole investigations into making their own little YouTube channels and and wherever else.
0: Yeah,
3: perfect. I totally agree. I mean, I think a lot of the you know uh, uh, you know the 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 media um, sensation around the TV shows, people want to emulate that. I mean, it's exciting. You know, there's a, you know the the the, the TV. The TV guys are getting scared, and, oh, my gosh, what's that? And they look like vampires because they're on IR cameras. And and I think a lot of people want to emulate that. It looks fun. It looks scary. It looks exciting. It's adventurous, right?
1: Yeah, and they always, uh, when you go on one of their investigation events, they always prefix it by, you know that show Ghost Hunters? We're nothing like that show, the Ghost Hunters. That's television. This is real life. And then they do exactly what they see on the show.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it is a lot of emulation, and and you know, and I think it, I, I think, you know, there there are some silver linings to this as well. I mean, you know, to to a point you brought up earlier, Steve, is I think people they they bring an out of the box thinker, you know, thoughts on how to do things. Hey, maybe I'll do this, you know. And one of the things that really attracted me to paranormal investigation was. You know, I'm an electrical engineer by schooling and, 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 and an engineer by thought process. You know, and, and I really, you know, I like the fact that you know we're out there, we're doing experiments. You know, pumping you know EM, e, EMP or EM into a into an area and seeing how it reacts, or you know what happens, and doing little experiments and trying new things. And you know, I think to me, you know, and I've talked to some. You know, uh, amateur ghost—you know—ghost investigating uh, people and groups, and you know, some of them have some interesting approaches. Uh, you know, where they're—they're they're, because they—they they don't have the years of experience. You know, they're kind of new to it. They, they're kind of thinking outside of the box, and I think sometimes that we get a little pigeonholed into. Sometimes, you know, we're used to doing an investigation. We do, you know, we set up baselines, we set up equipment, we set up this, we set up that you know and and we do do experiments but they're experiments that are in a in a logical chain and some of the ideas i've heard you know at some of the events that the NHGP has has sponsored um or been a part of um you know it's interesting to get a different perspective sometimes
1: innovative thinking is essential absolutely essential creative innovative thinking however i think one of the, the from my perspective one of the key problems um, isn't the original isn't having the idea there are some fantastic ideas but it's the lack of knowledge I, I, and this is something i'm addressing this year here in the uk with uh, a conference that's coming up in september because i think that the, the ghost hunters the the amateur enthusiasts have been sort of left aside by uh, the, the the academics who who really could be more on side for them to give them some information to guide them in order to turn these ideas into credible experiments where the results can be used in a meaningful way. But what's what's tended to have happened is parapsychology uh, in the main has sort of turned in on itself uh, as an academic pursuit exclusively for academics and is completely disengaged with the amateur investigators. Um, who have really been left to their own devices. They haven't been given the sort of information that they need in order to be able to develop and pursue the experiments to their logical conclusions.
3: Well, I think
1: that's a huge shame.
3: Well, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, Ron, uh, actually, Ron used to teach a, a class, right, at one of the local community co- colleges on paranormal investigation. CSI.
2: But... Part of the the problem is it's not just the academics as well, but it's also uh, the spiritualist community as well. Because they're, you know, they base everything on, well, it could be possible versus on any uh, scientific uh, evidence at all versus, you know, I mean, they just say, oh, a spirit can do this because we don't know they can't. Uh, So... They make up all, you know, everything goes. By other words, you know, that, that's the problem with it. You, you know, you've got to have a little bit of science to work with. You just can't, you know, just be all never, never land. Are we still there? Yeah. Yep. Did I kill you guys? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm processing. Processing. No, it's true. I mean, I, I I'm thought
1: I thought you that was your sort of end statement, because I saw. Um, yeah, yeah, I but, know we're coming up to the break, and I you know, thought just, that was a nice place to stop. So I didn't join. I was. I figured you'd
2: have a last comment on it. No, oh, I was. I was the even stuff, last
1: but, word to you. So uh, I. Just, I guess I that's not going to happen. I guess you that just, won't happen. You just didn't make the final comment long enough. Uh,
2: I, I will just have to insert more white air next time. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> that's it is a truth though i mean you you have so many people that work in the spiritual realm that you know their their uh their theories are white hot versus based yeah. on anything that's uh scientific at all are wait a minute or, quantum physics. So there's the tunes, which means we have to take a break, and maybe we'll talk about quantum physics when we come back. You listen to Ghost Chronicles, better not, Leslie's in the chat room. Ghost Chronicles, next generation slash international, with us, Ron Kalick and uh, Steve Parsons and Clay Rucker. We'll be right back after the following messages right here on Tojinet, Astronet, Pararex, and whoever the hell else would be in play. somebody is going to bring us back i was hoping steve would but i guess he's not going to I'm yeah listen to those...
1: what i'm not the co-host I'm yeah the you
2: are yeah you well, are you did
1: tell listen do you know the harry price trailer yeah well it was always there's some sort of weird crackly noise going on on the on. Oh, well i could hear it and that made that so if if talking that could you edit they play this back and then edit the harry price trailer to sound like it did when this interference which i think might be clay's microphone came on i don't know because it's because it now it's gone now completely because it was really really cool it really fixed that trailer problem
2: well i think that trailer problem has to go the way of the ghost at this <laughs> yeah but that sounded really cool then for the first time if you say so Anyways, uh, welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with uh, Steve Fasson and Ron Kolick. And our special guest is Clay Rucker, the equipment manager slash... Hey, you got it right that time. Whatever. uh, For the weekly Ghost Project, so... There you go. And speaking of New England Ghost Project, uh, of course, uh Spirit Quest, the tickets are on sale now. So go to the website anyghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E ghostproject.com, and save eighty dollars off a weekend pass. Because Steve Parson will be there, and I believe Clay Rock will be there. You never know what Clay Rock. He he travels the world, so it's hard to
1: Are we having about. Chinese
2: this year? No Chinese. Oh, I like that I, Chinese one. Italian. I like Chinese. Yeah. Well, sent out the Chinese. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. We'll see.
1: Hey, the Italians eat Chinese.
2: No, they don't. Anyways, we, <laughs> uh, just before <laughs> we break...
1: uh you... Have you ever been to Italy? What's that? Have you ever been to Italy?
2: Uh, in uh, Florida?
1: No, Italy, the country in Europe.
2: Countries outside of the United States.
1: Oh yeah, get out! Yeah.
3: Ron, have we, you been outside of New England?
2: <laughs> we, actually, I've been to most U.S. states, and I, I did cross over into Mexico and Canada at times. And I've been to well, you went to a lot of Caribbean cross into islands. Uh, I've been to the moon, and uh, yeah, I think I even went to Alpha Centauri one time when I was kidnapped by UFOs. Uh, So, yeah, I've traveled.
3: Well, you know, Steve, that explains an awful lot, doesn't it?
1: Uh, I was just going to say, because we know the Italians eat Chinese, because we've been there. Yeah, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Although, I'll wager you won't be able to get into Mexico next time, or out. Oh, I'll be a wall.
2: Anyway. <laughs> so, so Clay, I mean, you've been you've been here a few years, 12 years according to you. Uh what to you? What what is the one thing that uh you found that was really hard to explain, uh that you would you would classify as a a paranormal experience for yourself besides the dolls?
3: You, you, you couldn't go one episode without bringing up the dolls could you i
2: didn't mention anything just said the dolls i just you are know, you gonna bring up
3: spiders too because you' know what a fan
2: you of them just I let am. it go and it would have been fine but no you you see i knew i knew i played on your your faults and that would do it but no seriously uh what 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 one thing do you think would
3: i've actually had a few things um that that really stand out over over the last 12 years that uh, you know, and, and to this day, you know, I'm still thinking about them and, and, and trying to rationalize them in you know, in my scientific brain, um, you know, obviously the, the big incident that happened to me at the Houghton Mansion in, in North Adams, um, that was something that, and I don't know, um, you know, if we want to get into the details of it, You bet. I mean, we're here. Okay. Well, we were uh, at the Houghton Mansion doing an event, and we had uh, Jane Doherty and Maureen Wood, Ron and and Jim Stoner, and the rest of the, uh, including my wife, uh, with the you know the Ghost Project team, and uh, we were doing a, a very large group stay on uh, in the Houghton Mansion, and you know there's a whole long story to the Houghton Mansion and and uh, you know the family that lived there and and the sort of details and and, and love triangle, but it it was. It was an event where, um, you know, we're all holding hands. Jane Doherty is is kind of leading the the group, and, you know, people, you know, different relatives are coming through to different people. And uh, a gentleman kind of about four people down, I had had a chance to talk to him prior to the seance, and a very grounded gentleman from Vermont who was there begrudgingly uh, with his wife. um, And he started to exhibit some strange behavior and Maureen Wood happened to be sitting close to me along with uh uh Steve I think his name it was a shaman and uh he started to uh, you know uh show some strange behavior and he got very rigid and and uh you know uh uh just his behavior and his whole demeanor had changed and uh it it just kind of progressed from there and and it turns out uh, you know as we're going through this um, you know, he, he was exhibiting more and more signs of, of distress and, uh, you know, uh, Jane Doherty came over and, and she was also starting to react to the psychic energy or, or the energy in, in the circle of this, this more negative energy. And, uh, you know, we decided to break the, the, the chain or break the circle rather, at which point Maureen Wood got, um, thrown backwards. Uh, I don't know if you recall that, Ron. Um, I might have. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and so we decided to, to, everybody decided that we were going to reunite the circle and, and, and start again. And, and this is where things started to go a little south for me. So uh, Ron was uh, almost directly across the circle from me. Uh, and uh, Janet, was my wife, was, was to my le- uh, right, and Steve the Shaman was to my left and then Maureen was next to him just to set the scene. and all of a sudden I felt an enormous pressure I had never experienced anything like it before almost as if somebody was trying to stand on my shoulders and was literally causing me to kind of fold in on myself a little bit and uh, I really started to struggle with it and you know a part of this I gotta wonder if this is paranormal or just Ron Um, but I looked across the circle at Ron And Ron's glaring at me uh, and and nodding his head very slowly, uh, as if to say, yeah, I'm coming in. (laughs) And uh, this standoff happened for for a little while. uh, And uh, finally, you know, uh, Janet, my wife, who was holding my hand, saw how I was struggling. And she asked me what was wrong. And, and you know, I was just fighting so much and and, uh, this weight that was on me. Uh, at which point uh, um, Maureen said we should break the circle, and we did. Of course, Maureen got knocked backwards again, and uh, immediately the pressure was off of me. And uh, um, uh, for whatever reason, uh, stupidity or not (laughs) on my behalf, um, we decided to join the circle one more time. And this time I had a a very nice lady to my right, uh, Janet to my left, Maureen to her left, and then the shaman to her left. And uh, as soon as we joined the circle up, the pressure was back on me, and this time it was now tenfold. And it was literally to the point where I, I was shaking and sweating to the point, you know, and resisting whatever this was. And apparently at some time during that, um, um, Janet looked at me, and she, she saw somebody else's face. I don't remember what happened. Um, and, uh, it, 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 I I don't remember anything, but Janet said that I completely changed face, changed shape. Um, and she was no longer holding onto my hand, but somebody else's, uh, we broke the circle. Maureen got tossed again, at which point I, I, I got up, I said, I'm out of here. Uh, and I went outside the front of the mansion, uh, to have a cigarette. Uh, this is back in those days. And uh, while I was out there, whatever this was um, attacked me again outside, uh, and it took Steve, the shaman, and his and his and his, his team um, to try to get the negative energy off of me. And uh, it really was, and, and it was it, you know it, it was weird because to me being very scientific and very based in fact and and, and you know actions and consequences you know action and reaction. Uh, this, I, I couldn't fathom this. And uh, they kept telling me, think happy thoughts, think about you know, my, 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 when my kids were born, think about you know, when I got married. Maybe, maybe, you know, and I joked, I said, maybe that's not the right thing. Um, and uh, they eventually got it off. Um, from, at that moment, I refused to step back into the mansion. Uh, and then, you know, thinking the whole thing was over, we left the next day without going back to the mansion. And we were on our way home. And we stopped for lunch um, about uh, 100 miles from, or 80 miles from the mansion. Uh, and uh, we had a big Ford Expedition, and, and we, we sat at some outdoor seating uh, at this restaurant. And my keys were sitting on the table of the restaurant. And we had locked the car when we got out of the car. Uh, and uh, like I said, we were sitting there, and I actually had a view of the car. All of a sudden the car started going crazy. It, uh, the alarms started going off. I could see the door locks going up and down. Um, and and uh, it, it was something I, I just couldn't fathom. You know, and my mind immediately goes, do I have a short circuit in the car? You know, but why all of a sudden? I'm looking at the keys, so it's not like I'm sitting on the keys and I'm hitting the, act, the, the key fob. And, and I'm watching this car react, and I'm like, just stop it, I yell out. And the car just goes boop and stops, and so the, the, that was one episode that I, I play in my mind over and over again. You know how how you know you know how could that have happened, right? You know, yeah. being very scientific. You know, was was it an earth tremor that set the car off? You know, you know what was it? You know, was it in my head? You know, this 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 pressure where I was feeling during that seance, and you know all those kinds of things. And you know, and you talk about just an experience that lives with you, you know, for, for day to day. And, and, you know, that was, what, eight years ago, nine years ago. Um, I To this day, I still can't get my head around what that was. And, you know, I like to call myself a psychic brick. Um, but uh, really there was something there, something clearly happened that I can't explain. So, so that was one that really sticks out as probably the, the, the biggest in my mind.
0: You know, um, and that-
3: then also... Um, You know, uh, a couple instances at the haunted Victorian and Gardner, Mass.
2: Well, let's stop right right, right there. Let's stop right there because I think that that's interesting in that, you know, you're a guy with all the equipment and everything else. And yet you have a personal experience like that that seems to make such a huge impression. Um, uh, Steve, I mean, have you had anything close to or anything like that or or is have you ever had a personal experience like that that has doesn't involve equipment or anything that that so impacted you
1: I've had multiple experiences where um, I've been severely challenged way beyond the point of being able to offer any form of explanation for the experience
2: but uh, as far Uh, as the psychological experience which which that was it was a definitely well uh, well,
1: it may have been. A, a, I don't want to take anything away from Clay's experience at all, but listening uh, to Clay's experience, um, which was obviously very intense and very profound, and you've got to remember that that is the only information that an investigator has to go on. It's the subjective testimony of the witness, and you have to take it at face value. You have to take it for real. You know What you then try and do is to, and I'm sure Clay would agree, is try and relate that to the known things that we can possibly offer forward or uh, take forward for further study uh
3: exactly but, and that's what i've been trying to do steve for the last eight years I, is trying to put yeah. you know a rational I mean, explanation is, around it right
1: I don't, I don't want to dismiss any of it because i've only heard it for the first time tonight um really i, I And I don't want to give a knee-jerk reaction, but there are certain elements within it that I think that the alternative explanations could be put forward. Um, But that doesn't mean to say that they're necessarily the correct explanation, but they are possible explanations. I mean, what you've got to remember, Clay, like me, uh, you are uh, an engineering brain and you're sort of a psychic brick. But at the bottom of that, we are both human beings, and the human is a very frail creature. And it doesn't matter how skeptical you or or I like to think we are, we are are fully susceptible to all of the tricks that our brain and the environment will play upon us, and we will go along. There are many, many times um, that I found myself being carried along in the moment I'd had to sort of check myself or on other occasions allowed myself in the full knowledge I was being carried along by this point to go with it to see what would develop um, to see, you know, because part, m- most of what we, we say that we're studying the paranormal. But a great portion of that is not just studying the location and measuring things, but it's also studying the people who are interacting with the experience the people who see the ghosts and indeed in our case in Parascience I don't know if it's unique we certainly don't know of any other groups but we actually study the investigators and my colleague in Parascience Anne has since the, the day we started has psychologically profiled every member of the team including oh God. me over and over and over we do it routinely. Um,
2: Could you imagine it doing that to me?
1: <clears throat> yeah. No. On every investigation we go on, um, we fill in very, very detailed um, sort of notes and questionnaires and things that detail us. And we build up profiles of the individual because that is, you know, that is a large part of the experience. You have the location, uh, the, the objective stuff that you can measure, the physical Changes within the location, the, the the different fields, temperatures, humidities, that do change. They're physical and they can be objectified by use of equipment. But the only way that you can determine um, the subjective side of it, the people, is by uh, using the tools of the psychologist, um, and to an extent, the the um, the medical profession in, in terms of the biophysiology. Because the environment and our, our emotions will alter the way that we feel. So there are three elements to an investigation, and I think it's it's important that we remember that. But it's also pretty cool when you do. I mean, I've had experiences. That, I, despite all of what I've said, um, you know, there have been a lot of times when both Anne and I have been in situations where every rational, plausible. Possible explanation has gone, and you're just left with, well, that just happened.
3: You know, I think you bring. I think you raise a a great point, Steve. You know, and and it's funny. I, I, you know, I was listening to you, and you said, you know, you get carried along in the moment, right? And I've had several situations where, you know, I, you know, the adrenaline, you know, kind of takes over, right? And you're like, oh wow, this is really happening. This can't really be happening. And you know, and a few times I've actually pulled myself back to say, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Let's just let's let's just think through this. You know, what is really going on? You know, uh, you know, am I, you know, getting caught up in the excitement of of, of other people around me, or or maybe it's the it's the actual environment, right? The location, you know, uh, you know, old house or an old spooky attic or, or you know, a dark basement where you know you're set, you have such sensory deprivation, right? And everything becomes heightened, you know, and, and, and I have had a few uh, occasions where I've actually been, like you said, been going down the road and I'm just like, all right, just stop for a second and breathe, you know, <laughs> and, and just think about what you're doing, you know, so, so I totally agree with you.
1: Yeah, we we are human beings. You know, none of us are, are immune from all of the human frailties. And um, I mean, we we see it in in some of the team notes. I remember a classic from years and years and years ago, where one of the team members we'd sent them with a where we sent two of them down to uh, Rosling Castle at the time, and they were on the fifth level of the uh, dungeons. The cellars and combined dungeons. So they were, they were a long way from the civilization um, in the rest of the castle, and it was a very dark, very damp, very unpleasant place. That they had to be. Um, they were. They were. There were two of them for safety, and one of them wrote in the notes, "I know it's only se- sensory deprivation, but I'm scared." One <laughs> 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 of the you know, best
3: but, to your other point, Steve, I, I think there are times where, you know, the human body is a great tool as well. Oh, yeah. You know, there's absolutely. a lot of basic instincts, you know, like, you know, when the hair stands up on your arms or the back of your neck. Granted, their are reactions to the environment, um, but sometimes it can also be good leading, uh, you know, leading uh, cues to something that might be going on. <laughs> I remember one time we were in a basement um, and I can't remember exactly where it was, which, which location, uh, but we were in a basement and, um, you know, some, uh, uh, we had, I don't know if it was Maureen or, or Leslie, um, but uh, they were saying, oh, there's, there's a small child in in the area. And, uh, and, and she said, oh, well, he, 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 you know, it's going right between us right now, at which point, now, it could have been, you know, mental stimulation, but... All the hair on my left arm, which was close to where it was, you know, started, you know, like if you rubbed a balloon, I actually watched the hair on my arm stand up. Didn't feel anything else, but I just happened to notice that the hair on my left arm, you know, was standing up where my right arm wasn't. Now, could you say suggestion? Maybe. But I I thought that was an interesting correlation.
2: Yeah, but you can. That's the problem: is you can be influenced by so much by by what's going on. I mean, of course, you you remember when you did that broadcast at the Sprague Mansion, and we locked uh, uh, Jim in the uh, wine cellar with uh, uh, Molly, and right. I was on the headset with her, and and I just made little suggestions to her, and she totally freaked out.
3: I mean, so <laughs> yeah, to her, it was real. Yep. No, I, I agree. You know, and that's, I think, is really the challenge: um, is trying to discern between, you know, what is, you know, to Steve and your point is what is really suggestive, and, uh-huh. and what is really environmental. And, well, and- I,
1: that's that was the conundrum we faced, Clay. And our solution to that was to because we realized that the people are significantly important, but not the wit, not just the witnesses; that the investigators themselves are, you know. They have experiences, and we need to understand the people that we're asking to investigate the location, and we need to know a great deal about them and how they will respond. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, it, it, it's in effect, it's it's 33% of each, you know, 33% the location, 33% the equipment, 33% the human being. Um, and, and has worked tirelessly since we founded to try to solve this issue. Uh, we, we've we've got endless studies. I mean, some of them are ranging down the bizarre. We've had um, investigators wearing full uh, electroencephalographs, electrocardiographs. Uh, during investigations, we've had wow. sort of body monitors. We've even had one of our investigations with a rectal probe um, to measure <laughs> core temperature. We have tried every everything... But it's been done in in an experimental manner, because we realised that if we if we wanted to find out how the people were responding or how the location was responding, uh, that we needed to. And this is what goes back to what I said before: the creative thinking is the key. Uh, But you the the need to develop that creative thought process into a viable experiment that you can then take to the academics and challenge them with the data Um, has always been, I think, is where we're at now with modern investigating. What modern investigators do, they have the creative thought process, and they stick it on YouTube or Facebook and call (laughs) it job done. And that's it, job done. Yeah you know there is no desire to go further than that it becomes a competitive rush on sunday morning to get your stuff online and to get more likes and shares than the group you know in the next county
3: yeah and i i, th- I think that you know i think that's actually a, a sadder state of affair um you know that that uh, yeah uh, i i don't subscribe fully to the you know get it up on youtube and and that kind of thing, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, my, for example, my, my next youngest brother is a doctorate in biochemistry and my youngest brother has a doctorate in organic chemistry. And we were talking one day about paranormal investigation and my brother, who's the biochemist said, ah, it's it's all poppycock, right? Oh, wow. Uh Uh-oh, we're out of time, huh?
2: Yeah, pretty much. That was the uh, doorbell with meets pizza from the dinner, so wrap it up. Wrap up your story.
3: Uh, so so anyway, uh, just just in quick conclusion, I had a very hard time even showing him evidence, hard evidence, of convincing him that, you know, there could be something else. And he, you know, I, I find that, you know, a lot of times, you know, having brothers that are academics, that they're very closed-minded, I think, to thinking you know, outside of their traditional scientific boxes, I
1: guess. Academics are used to working in a very carefully controlled environment. Exactly. Uh, And we have to, as ghost investigators, try to eke some information out of what is, in effect, chaos. Mm -hmm.
2: So anyways, uh, would you come over here this fall, Steve? Uh, You know, we'll get clay and we'll go out on the porch and grab a couple of beers and maybe have some tacos and uh, can't have Chinese? <laughs> talk, talk about I, I, some, have more,
1: fond, I have fond memories of the root beer
2: and talk about but, some really uh, you know, heavy stuff
3: yeah, absolutely
2: so, so anyways, before you do go, and we've got about a minute left is, you use the new uh, flare for the iPhone
3: uh, Clay what, what was your opinion of it? I actually like it uh, I find it, but, uh, uh, you know, very good. I like the fact that it overlays uh, the camera um, so that I can actually see the reference but, uh, of the environment in the, in the thermal camera. But I, I, I like it. I haven't put it fully through its test, but, um, but it, so far I, I've enjoyed it. And, and, Steve, I think you turned and- me on to that.
2: I'm on Ed. my
1: second year with mine, but Flare sent me a brand new uh, firmware upgrade for my model. Oh, there you go. It's te- uh, a test.
2: The big problem, of course, is the battery life, and that yeah. is a problem. So, anyways, we've got to wrap it up. There's the tunes. Uh, Clay, thank you for joining us tonight, and uh, I'll see you in a couple of weeks as we go on this investigation to investigate the Victorian, which will be a lot of fun. I'm looking
3: forward to it on do you have fun
1: when I'm not there?
3: Yeah, we
2: try to, you know. It because you're, to such say a, like that. you're such a stick in the mud anyways, you know what I mean? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, thank you, Ron, for having me. Steve, always great to talk with you.
1: Hey,
2: pleasure, pleasure, Clay. Bye, bye, Martha. Yeah. Hey, tune in on Mondays, 11 a.m. Catch Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition right here at Toad Good night. God bless. Good
1: night. God bless.